Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the small called articles looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osher. And listener, you can't see this, but uh, Adam is like lounging in his... Uh... I have discovered that I can move my <laughs> microphone arm boom or whatever this thing is yeah, boom to uh, to accommodate me reclining. And I, I like this. I think I can do... I think I could do more episodes like this. Yeah. All you're missing is a color-tinted visor and sunscreen all over your nose. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, this is this is very comfortable. Do I sound okay? Yeah, Do I, I sound as robust? You, you sound very like relaxed, very ready. Yeah, I just feel yes. ready right now. Well, I'm ready to talk about the Bible. That's good because you need to carry this episode. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I don't think that's ever been the case, Jason. I think think with your Bible knowledge and Brett's just good, pure, wholesome living, we've made it through a lot of episodes <laughs> <What>? together. <laughs> No, we're going to learn that it's not about our living. But why don't you why don't you go ahead, Brett? Yeah. So as I recline here, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to pretend like I'm listening to David Suchet. You know the Bible, uh, uh, NIV you mean version. Poirot? Yes, yeah. Poirot. He is Poirot. He is. Uh, <laughs> he he does a Bible uh, recording. Have you ever listened to his Bible recording? No. He does both the Jesus Storybook Bible and the NIV 2011 version, and uh, he is the best Bible narrator I have ever heard. So I think one. If we get enough money, that should be one of our things. You know, all the listeners send in, you know, just throwing gifts our way as they do sometimes. We could spend it on David Suchet coming and reading our Bibles for us. I would also like to hear James Earl Jones read the Bible, particularly yes. the prophets. That might take some more money. And uh, Morgan Freeman. I, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard James Earl Jones read the King James Version. Really? Uh, it's like some random Bible, like pray app or something. Uh, with James Earl Jones reading the Bible, does he like uh, inadvertently from time to time like refer to Ray from uh, Ray Kinsella from uh, it's Field of Dreams? Ray. Yeah. <laughs> it's God's word, Ray. Yeah. It just it just hit me that he is still living. Yeah, he's like 93 or 94 years old. Yeah, yeah, 90, uh, 92 to be exact. Uh, I'm sorry, didn't mean to add this. Oh, yeah, who knew? I bet he's still. I bet he's still as cool as the day that he first was on Sandlot. As <laughs> <laughs> cool as as <laughs> cool as the day the first time he put. Uh, uh, put on Darth Vader's helmet. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, right. yeah. Was he actually under the suit no, or was it just no, his it voice? Was, it was somebody else. That, yeah. Yeah. All right, Brett, okay, why don't you read some so scripture? How about it? Yeah, so we are, this is the fourth episode of an arc uh, of episodes as we've talked through uh, the Mass or the Lord's Supper here in the Small Called Articles. And uh, this is our New Testament episode. We are in the book of Second Timothy today, Second uh, Timothy 4, 1 through 6, or 1 through 5. And um, yeah, if you got somebody else to read scripture, I'd be out of a job. Uh, yeah. But anyway, here we go. Uh, well, you're better looking, Brad. I'm seeing this picture of James <laughs> Earl, and he's mm -mm, no. uh, all right. So age age hasn't done well for him. All right, Second Timothy four <laughs> one through five. 
You got this. Uh, read in Jesus' name. It Thank says, you. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Here ends the reading of God's Word. Amen. Amen. I have memories of Dr. Munseth at our seminary uh, kind of talking about petting a dog and reading the scripture like, oh, come here, let's let's pet your ears and, you know, the tickling ears. Do you remember that? I don't know. No, I, I have never seen that. I think that would have concerned me, right? Is this something that, <laughs> is this something that you dreamed, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought I heard it that way, but... A, liking a dog getting their ears scratched, like, yeah. you know, with their itching ears want to hear. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I never remember Dr. Munson, our seminary Dr. dean at the yeah, time. Yeah, right. Years he ago. was... Let's land this plane, and basically what our itching ears want to hear is God saying, who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically equivalent of That's well done, it. good, and faithful yes. service. Yeah, it. who's love a good it. boy? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I um, In this particular passage, I've always struggled with pastoral epistles because there's a very personal nature. In, in some cases, you got to be very careful with your exegesis as you're digging into the passage. Who is Paul talking to? And this is a, this is a personal letter. It's, a, it's probably Paul's last letter, right? And it's most likely the last chapter of his last letter. Well, it is the last chapter of what is most likely his last letter. He is writing to a friend and he's discouraged. But this is, is kind of a, a farewell um if the apostle Paul is kind of signing out and giving last advice, you know, his last words, his last will and Testament, it's this chapter and it's very personal. It's very interesting. In fact, if we kept reading, it would get to the, um, the, the statement in the next few verses that talk about how he's run the race, right? He has, uh, he has run the race. He is about to receive the crown that is prepared for him in the last day and for all who, who trust in Christ. But this is for Timothy. This is for a young pastor, one that had been trained by Paul. And it, it's the thing that he wanted to keep in front of Timothy. And the thing that he says is, I charge you in the presence of God. That's a pretty strong phrase by Paul. And in Christ Jesus, who's the judge of the living and the dead. So basically it's like the, the judge of the living and the dead. He is here. And he is listening, and in his presence, I'm telling you to do this. Preach the word. And, and it's exactly that testimony that Paul leaves with Timothy. It's, it's his, in the, the, whole, the whole of Paul's theology, as you look back to things like Galatians, where he's very aggressive against you know, heresy with the Galatians. He is very against what they are doing. He says, if anybody preaches something other than the gospel, the word that I've preached to you, let them be eternally damned. If it's an angel or me, let us be eternally damned, right? And the, the whole thing is preach the word. When it comes to what we've been talking about in this article, Article 2, Part 2, Article 2, um, the mass, right? This picture is of God telling, or through, through our Luther, sorry, not God. Don't, don't want to get them confused. <laughs> yeah. No, that it, was a massive Luther, Freudian slip. It's Luther slip. saying, yeah, a Freudian slip. 
Another German. Yeah. Is it? There we go. Where, where was I? Okay. So the mass, the offering these things, these sacrifices, and, and all of it's what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And here Paul is saying, it's the word. The word does it. Preach the word. It's that thing. In and out of season. It reproves, rebukes, encourages, and exhorts or whatever. Uh, and it's, you need to do it with patience and teaching. You need to unpack that thing because it's that that's powerful. It's that where God gives us gifts, not in any acts, ex opere operato for the working of the work. It's not any of that. It's the word of God. Yeah. And then he rounds it out that preach the word. The end of that exhortation and that commandment is be sober minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I think you could probably construct a pretty reasonable sermon that those are the divisions under what it means to preach the word. Mm hmm. Right? Sure. That you preach the word, uh, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, mm-hmm. and exhort with complete patience and teaching. And what that entails is being sober minded, enduring suffering, doing the work of evangelist. Right? Mm-hmm. And the, the interesting thing in all of those is in the generic modern American church, we get all of that wrong. Mm-hmm. The, the whole list. We invert, we throw it upside down, we abandon it altogether from what the work of a pastor is to what the, the focus and emphasis on preaching is to what our mission and ministry is. We, we, we throw out the content and here Paul's, uh, some of his last comments to Timothy just lays it out nicely what the roles of evangelist is. And then you get to what many scholars thinks are his last words. They were lost from Second Timothy where Paul signs off by saying so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> yeah. Some manuscripts say. Some, right? some manuscripts, mostly Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy, which is probably not appended to Second Timothy. Anyway, There's the reference. I knew we'd get somewhere with a reference from Jason today. I had to get it in there. That's right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's what preach the word. And constantly to my seminarians, whether in my church uh, participating or who I'm teaching, say the pastors, we have the easiest job description in the history of history, right? Preach the word administer the sacraments, shepherd the sheep, and shepherding the sheep is primarily but not exclusively done by preaching the word and administering the sacraments. Yeah. It's, it's pretty simple and direct, and we're just trying to overcomplicate things. We want to we wanna be CEOs that set a vision at the church. We want to turn preaching into 12 biblical principles for managing your finances, right? Mm-hmm. And we want... Uh, we want to squelch suffering. We, we don't. We don't want mm. to suffer. We don't want to endure it. We want to squelch it. We want to silence. And, and going back to, I mean, this is many, many episodes ago now, but it was back when the uh, Mark Driscoll uh, Christianity Today podcast was out, and it's like back that bus up, you know, like yeah. the take the bodies with me. Yeah, take the drive over the bodies with this bus and back up over them sometimes because I don't want to endure anybody who's going to say something contrary to what I say. It's I'm going to get rid of anything like that. It's about me. It's not about good news. It's about my character. I'm not saying every pastor is like that, but the human nature is such that it can be very, very easy to slip into that mentality and very dangerous. And, and, and you do see it. You see it all over. We were just talking, was it, um, I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but it was <laughs> when th- we were in the hanging out in the I third heaven. Yeah. We were talking about, um, a recent, um, Christian music artist who was accused of grooming minors yep. and you know, that, that was off the air. That was off the air, I believe. And it was the idea of, of the dangers that we run into as we minister and as we serve. And he wasn't just a music minister. He was also a minister in a church and, and all of these things 
come to, to a head when we allow our sinful nature to be the guide for what we think we ought to be doing rather than what the, what the word of God says to do, which is simply to preach the word in season and out of season. And like you say, Jason, administer the sacraments, which come from the word, right? We do that because the word says it and we do it as we, and we shepherd the flock through the word of God. And it's really, really interesting how anchored the doctrine of communion is in this passage. As far as the commandments of the word, yeah. you can find a place right for communion in here. Where the preach the word, you could easily uh, say that the whole idea of communion is anchored in the word. And then the functions of the word re- reprove, rebuke, and exhort. That's the whole principle behind, commu- behind communion is that we are under the conviction of sin. We need to receive that healing balm of the forgiveness of sins. And then do the work of an evangelist, that the, the, the work of communion is anchored in the preaching and application of the gospel. Well, and the, the do the work of an evangelist is do the work of the good news, which yeah. it's the communion liturgy too, isn't it? I mean, as we used to walk through the communion liturgy, it's a confession of sins, right? We are sinners and the exhortation, you know, be mindful of the fact that you, you, you probably need this. I, that's the super modern version of that way, but uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> you, probably, you probably could use this guys. You're not that great, you know, but no, it's that picture of we are sinners. We're in need of a savior. And then when you get through the progression of the liturgy, you get there and you hear the words, this is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And, that's the good news. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the preacher doing the work of the evangelist. And in so doing, uh, you're fulfilling your ministry. It's mm-hmm. tied into the word. It's the, it's the word uh, that drives it. It's the word to which the promise uh, is attached. Right? You know, and, and as it goes out, that is where the promise is. It's in the word itself. It does the work. That's what makes bread and wine special. That's what makes it. That's what makes it the body and blood of Christ is the declaration that it is. Yep. Right. And, and the the word of God is powerful that way. Right. Yeah. And so the you know the the people that uh, you know those Lutherans were speaking out against in the small called articles, you know they were doing the not enduring sound teaching and and they were accumulating teachers. You know just the description here, um, and and they were wandering off into myths there. Um, and so, yeah, that's an applica- application of that text. Yeah. All the abuses we ran through two yeah. episodes ago, yep. and even the ones that are listed that we didn't get into, all of that is chasing after, uh, you know, sensationalism. And, and, and I mean, it's kind of mysterious and awesome to pray to the saints, especially you got to figure out which one to pray to. And they did all these cool, awesome things, you know, and uh, you, you've got the, the masses for the dead, You've got, you know, it, it, it almost becomes occultic. Hmm. In, like a, in, oh, look at yeah. that, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you, you, you kind of get that eerie Dracula yeah. music going on, and you're, you're finding the grave of your long-lost grandpa, and you're, you know, you're doing all these weird things. And, you know, we're, 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 we're taking this uh, art, uh, argument to the absurd, but that's what Paul does here, right, is that this is not a Roman Catholic thing. This is a sinful nature thing. Mm-hmm. Our sinful natures are always going to chase after the sensational. We're always going to chase after the myths because mm-hmm. they're more interesting to us than what God has done for us. And, and the problem with law and gospel and the problem with the gospel is that we are forced to be confronted with our own sin. We are forced to acknowledge that we need a savior. And without that acknowledgement, without that realization, the gospel isn't the gospel. And so for most people, the gospel does, it seems either entirely unnecessary or it's something you want to avoid altogether because in our pride, we don't want to admit before God and before others that we need a savior. Mm-hmm. 
I find it interesting in these passages of Paul. Um, he he is very descriptive, and he he especially in the pastorals, he goes through and he lists sins. This is what it's going to be like. It's it's prophetic in a foretelling sense and in a foretelling sense, really. You know that he's saying that this is what it's going to be. But I find it interesting because I believe that Timothy absolutely faced these things. Paul wasn't talking about some eschatological, well, eschatological in the way we think of the end of the end times, right? He's not thinking about like, you know, the the book of Revelation. He's talking about Timothy in your ministry. This is going to get really hard. And the funny thing is, is is this is another testimony to the enduring power of the word of God is that just like I said last week with Amos, being uh, actually, this was uh, Alistair Begg, right? It, it was so rich in its in its message, and it talks about how uh, he said something to the effect of, uh, "It's as relevant as tomorrow's newspaper." So is this. Yep. You know, this very thing, we were going to have these things where people are going to not endure sound teaching. They aren't going to want to hear. And, and, and this goes back to that whole picture, doesn't it? Of the of the nature of we want to do something for ourselves. It goes back to that illustration I, I used a few weeks back about the relationship with the Scientology person. And she said, don't you want to do something for yourself? Buy this book, Dianetics, for eight ninety nine or what $7.99, whatever it was. You know, don't you want to help Jesus out a little bit? Don't you want to... Take some responsibility for your own sin. Take a little bit off his plate. Yeah, take a little off his plate. And and it's that same stuff. It's that nobody wants that sound teaching. They have itching ears accumulating for themselves things that they want to to hear, teachers that are going to suit their own passions, turn away from listening to the truth. It's going on all the time. We have entire church bodies that exist and have completely, over the course of a matter of about a decade, completely capitulated in their entire teaching on sexuality and marriage. It's con- it, we see this constantly going on. And what is the antidote or the antidote, as we say, right? It is, <laughs> it is the word of God. Yeah. It is sound yeah. teaching. It's the, it's the correct division of law and gospel. And it's the sound teaching and the careful proclamation of what is law? What is gospel? What have we done? What has God done? Right? It's, it's the picture of of uh, the, the whole of the Christian life, you know, that, that idea where we talk about proclaiming the word of God is simply law and gospel. It, it's law and gospel through and through. Right. And that's at the core of Holy Communion. Yep. You know, we can turn communion uh, into something it's not. We can turn it to a performance. We can have the priest do communion on behalf of the dead. We could sneak away for home so we have Jesus as a talisman in our house. Yeah. And in reality, it's law and gospel. And it's the gospel preached and the gospel applied is what the sacraments is. And it, I think it's interesting, you know, just a little bit is uh, Paul basically gives us the formula to invent a heresy. Mm-hmm. He, he just gives <laughs> us the script, right? Uh, it's a know, cult leader's how-to of, book. Yeah. <laughs> step, separate yourself from sound teaching. Uh, uh, always preach what people want to hear. Give it, fill their itching ears with what they want to hear. Uh, turn away from the truth and wander off into myths. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many different popular heresies over the last 2,000 years we could fit under those headings. Probably all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you can also go down to verse 5, you know, to add to the, the cult leaders how to, uh, you know, don't be sober-minded, uh, you know, reject and fight against anything that would be remotely considered harmful to yourself. 
do the work of a legalist. How to do things better, you know, yourself yeah. rather than the good news of Christ finished and therefore fulfill your cult leading skills. Yep. You know, yeah. we could, you could do it the same way. It's the whole passage. And, and actually, it's very interesting. I, I'm fairly certain that verses 3 and 4 of 2 Timothy 4 are the top-rated review of Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Just describing what, yeah. the, what the content is, right? Exactly, yeah. The Gospel of Thomas, isn't it? Yeah. And the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, yeah. and the Gospel of Peter. It, it's just all yep. ridiculous. And, and we will chase after it. I think it's the Gospel of Thomas where Jesus turns into a 50-foot giant and walks out of the, the walls of Jerusalem or something to that effect. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's... That'd be awesome. Let's just be honest. I mean, <laughs> that would be something my itching ears would want to hear. You know, it's a, it's like yeah, uh, big it's if like, true. It's right? like the gospel mixed with Godzilla. I love it. Right. Yeah. 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 Capital G O D Zilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's try to you know wrap up this whole, whole uh, before we chase after myths and yeah, whole, itching ears I mean, of whole, our listeners. I just have this too, entire yeah. vision right now of Jesus like. <laughs> doing the, doing the, uh, uh, like the Sasquatch walk, you know, like the Yeti that they yeah. see, you know, like the arm swinging thing, <laughs> just like looking over, catching a camera as he's like storming out of Jerusalem. Uh, I love it. I love it. That's what it looked like when he was coming out of the empty tube. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to get struck by lightning. Brett, do uh, yes. something holy here. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I was starting to say here, you know, wrapping up this whole the series talking about the Lord's Supper. Uh, we've walked through these passages here. Uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Just, uh, you know, thinking about avoiding the same kind, maybe not exactly the, what they were doing back then, but maybe the same principle of, of what they were doing. Uh, how can we avoid that? And and uh, I think you guys have already kind of said it too yep. in Law and Gospel, but uh, maybe just uh, wrap up uh, with a concluding thought there. Law and Gospel and look to the Word. Right. It, and it, it's all a matter, when we say long gospel, it's all a matter of something we are doing versus something God has done, which is the most rote definitions of long gospel that you have. If, if the focus is on what we are doing, that can never be added to our salvation. The only thing that the focus of what we are doing is either how we love our neighbor or heaping up our sin debt on our heads. Focus on what God has done. That is where the comfort, that is where the assurance is. That is why the sacraments work. Mm -hmm. The thing I would say, you know, to kind of put a bow on it is when you don't do that, you screw things up. That's why Luther lists the abuses that he does in the article. You know, I mean, as soon as you deviate from what you said, Jason, as soon as you deviate from that, problems are going to arise. They're going to arise every time. That's biblical. We've looked at it in the scriptures. We see it, you know, 1500 years later with Luther. We see it today. Yep. If you if you deviate from that prescription, you're going to mess things up. And the trickle down effect on the rest of your doctrine is evident and it's wholly corruptive. Mm hmm. Right. If you mess with law and gospel and you mess with the sacraments, everything else falls like a domino. Yep. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beamlutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. You are invited to the Summer Institute of Theology. It begins on August 7th and runs through the 11th at the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Join pastors and lay people from all around the country for training in apologetics, congregational leadership, systematic theology, and studies in the Psalms. To find a full list of electives and to register, look at the website flbc.edu slash SIT. God bless you and have a great week.